everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 572 for the week of February 6th, 2021. I'm Chris Bravett here bringing you this week's RPG podcast about RPGs in a podcast format about RPGs. Joining me this week, Kelly Ryan. Fandulation. It's good to be here. That wizard came from the moon, and it's Josh Carpenter. I've just been running up walls all week. Buried under mountains of enemies, Robert Albright. So many enemies. Can't escape. Enjoying an easy time streaming all week long, Anna Marie Privetier. Um, I have all the monsters. Oh, that was, jo- that was, that was Robert. No, no, no. No, I'm buried under them. I, oh, you're buried. He's, he's okay. buried under them. I've been training them. Oh, what? And where? Dragon Quest Tact. <gasps> Is that your tactful way of beginning you're now playing? <laughs> sure. Okay. Um. So Dragon Quest Tact came out last week. And so I've been playing a lot of Dragon Quest Tact. Mm. I would play more of it if it didn't drain my phone. Yeah, no, it is it is bad on the battery. If you're going to play this, you should probably play it with your device plugged in. The nice thing is, is where I sit, I can just leave it on the contact charger and just play, 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 contact. play. Oh, you have a wireless charger there next yeah. to where you sit. Yep. yep. I have a little yeah, disc I... thing, and it goes... Well, you know, you could just plug the thing in, too. It's, it doesn't it's need to be on, cool. the, on the contact charger. <laughs> so I have, like, a little... The little My Nintendo Reward Points Monado, like, phone holder on the That's back of the my phone. That's the power of the Monado! Does it charge your like, phone? No, it's really cool. Your Monado you know, has no power? No, it's Lame. just a little, it's a sticker with a it's little knob really on the back Monado, of it that you loop it? your hand in. All right. And it's really handy for like the grocery store when I'm checking stuff off the list so that I don't drop my phone, but my phone can't lay flat on the desk with it. So I'm on the fence as to whether or not I'm going to remove it and just stick the Monado sticker somewhere where it's not going to bother me. Which I know is a first world problem. I don't but even understand it, what you're saying right now. Why don't now. you it's just a get a cheap sticker? phone stand? Um, I don't know. Okay. And and yeah, the idea is that the Murano is supposed to be a phone stand too. But I don't know. What I need does the to sticker do have to do with anything? I'm so confused. I have to it's show a pop it socket. To you. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. it's like a pop socket, but it's not. Uh, it clearly those. wasn't very well designed. Got it. So, because I'm able to pay attention to my phone constantly. <laughs> what a talent you have. <laughs> no, I mean, the way that my work works. I'm able to pay attention to my phone pretty regularly. So, um, I'm almost done Chapter 9. And I'll be breaking into Chapter 10 shortly. My highest ranked team is about 9,000 power. And what? 9,000? Yes. I thought you'd appreciate that. It's over 9,000. It is, it is not quite over 9,000. I think I'm like 8,916 at the moment. Sorry. It's so old. When, when it reaches 9,000, I will be sure to tweet out a screenshot so that people can see and make what 9,000 jokes for it. But yeah, um, so my team in Anna tact, Marie, what's the power level of your tech team? It's almost 9,000! What, 9,000? 
Okay, sorry. Uh, you're you're good now. I'm good. You've I'm got good. it out of I'm your good. system now. Never, but yes. How I set it is how uh, Team how Four I set Star us did up that bomb? scene. How I set us up the bomb. Okay, we can do other no, games. Just, no, just the whole oh. deadpan is how uh, Dragon Ball Z Abridged did it, and I, I think that that was hilarious <laughs> too. They? Oh, I need to watch yeah. that. The balls are in my other pants. Box. No balls. The balls are inert. And in my other pants pocket. <laughs> okay, great. It's an old meme, sir, but it checks no, out. No, it doesn't check out. <laughs> it needs to die. So, anyways, I have one S rank, two A ranks, one B rank, and one C rank in my team. And for those of you who have played a bunch of Dragon Quest Tact and going, why do you have a C rank in your team? Yeah, why do you have a C it's rank in your because team? Because it's been awakened three times. And it's a C5, so I can equip armor on it. That's so, like a vertebrae now. So I, it has almost, it actually has as much CP as one of my A ranks. That sounds dirty. Yep. I, I very much appreciate that that game tries to make lower ranked enemy or lower ranked monsters useful. Yeah. yeah so sure I want to talk about this. I'm sure that doesn't hold up as you keep going. Um. Well, I'm. It's a premium game, Anna. You know, don't, just don't forget AFK Arena. You've already been through this. I know. <laughs> I know. You've been through this. But honestly, I don't feel particularly motivated to spend money in this game. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I'm kind of interested in spending money on is um, 99 cents to get 100 gems because there's a beginner pack you can buy with 100 paid gems. And that's about the only thing that I'm interested in buying at the moment. Because the game is really generous with with the gems that you need to do draws with. And one of the things that they've done is instead of making forcing you to reset the game repeatedly to redo your initial draw, one draw, and it doesn't matter when you do it, you could do it first or you could do it fifth. I think I did it as my third one. There is one draw that you can redraw infinitely until you get a draw that you like. That said, once you reset the game, they actually let you skip the tutorial. Oh, even really? after a reset. So if I, it wouldn't have been the worst. It still would have been much slower than just hitting redraw, 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 right? But yep. um, they they aren't too unfriendly to the reset culture. And if you wanted to do it the hard way and hold on to that free infinite reset for a later banner, you could. All right. So, yeah, my team is um, that my S rank is a demon troll tank. My two A ranks are a beast attack uh, attacker saber. Yeah, always indulging with the internet trolls. I know, um, and uh, mm. an inorganic living armor. My B rank is a dragon seahorse. My that, S like, rank things. is a killing machine. Woo! Look at you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my C rank think, is a think, ghost line. I think my S rank is like a peacock or something. I, I can't I, remember uh, now. I did the re-roll till I got S ranks and A ranks aplenty. I, I never think to do the re-roll thing, and I should. Well, in this uh, game, it's always especially. Too late. I, no, no, no. You can just do it, right? Yeah. It's probably next just time you there, get 3,000 gems, roll, you, can, just you can just re-roll until you want. It's not okay, your first that, one, and that's it. It's one. You get one, and you haven't used it yet, so just um, go sit there and just hit re-roll till you get, like, two S's or something. Okay. Or you get I that one that. S you really wanted in, like, five A's. Like, yeah, so it. it the recommendation that I was reading on, like, Reddit and stuff seems to be the 
quote-unquote most optimal draw you can get is two S's and three A's, each from a different family. I didn't do that. No. I should have done that. I wouldn't See, have had the patience for that. See, I haven't even been doing like the family uh, min-maxing yet. Right. So this is where the lower level stuff starts to come in handy. So once you get to like chapter five, I think you unlock what's called the battle road. And in the battle road, you is have it, to. Is the battle road full of battle toads? No. Oh, okay. So the way that the battle road works is every, every um, battle in the battle road is zero stamina. You can do it for free. Oh. And you can repeatedly do them. Mm. But each section of the battle road is locked to specific units. So, for example, um, I have two um, encounters open in the slime family. And each of them, I'm locked to eight specific monsters, eight or ten specific monsters. So what I was doing, and I I really want to do them because it unlocks um, ability scrolls and equipment that you can't get any other way. And so what I do is when I have stamina, I go into a level where I can find the slime people and I hey. battle those over and over again with my stamina to Racist. only we don't, we don't call them slime, slime people families. anymore. Only slime families. They are. And I battle them over and over again to re- repeatedly recruit them. Because if you get repeats of the same monster, it further awakens them and it increases their stats and unlocks new abilities and does all sorts of stuff for them. So you are definitely motivated to work on your lower level units. Plus, in general, you get a master rank for each family. And so every 50 levels, you get an extra boon to all monsters inside of that family. So I think my slime family ranking is like nine. And so I have all sorts of buffs for all of my slime people. Slime family ranking. That sounds like a podcast title. (laughs) So yeah, it it really does motivate you to work on your lower level units. Tell me, I'm motivated. Let's play this game It motivates me. So, I mean, the S ranks and the A ranks will always be the best way to continue the main story. But in order to um, utilize the best parts of your units, you still want to grind up those lower level stuff so you get more family ranking and more equipment and more skill scrolls and stuff. Um, Beyond Dragon Quest Tact... (laughs) I played and finished. You could just hear the interest leave the room at oh, that really? point. <laughs> it's really funny. It's just neat. Like, they, yeah, we're done with this one. They, they have done a cool way in like motivating me to play even when I don't have stamina and motivating me yeah. to care about my lower rank uh, units. They haven't motivated us to care about you talking about it. Okay, so. fine. Hey, quit being a I hater. Care. I care. Yeah, I mean, Kelly, well, talk. Kelly and Tam yeah, are just getting yeah. into this. You guys care so much. Put your money where your mouth is. Talk about it and have a conversation. I mean, yeah, no. In, in fact, um, I've kind of been walking Phil through this this morning in our Discord, oh, no. and you can join us at rpgamer.com oh, slash Discord. Just make a Discord channel and hide it away. I'm, Mobile games? Maybe. I'm getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting frustrated with the data backup system. Oh, you'll figure it out. It'll be fine. 
Just right. need to make like, 14 my accounts. linked to my Gmail. <laughs> I linked my Square Enix Bridge account to my Gmail, and the two are not talking, so I can't take my data Oof. from my phone and throw it into my blue well, stack. Try linking your phone data to a different account. So anyways... We'll, we'll see if we can troubleshoot it later, because I know Phil did it successfully, so it can be done. I used my Squeenix account, so I don't know. Yeah, I I think I used Facebook, but I don't remember. Anyways, moving on to the other things that I've been playing. Um, I played Princess Maker, and I would have five-hour ruled it if it didn't only take about three hours for a single run. Oh, yeah. So she got a bad good, ending huh? and finished. I didn't get a bad ending. I liked my Your ending. The lady ran off and joined the military. She was so done with being a princess. All right. <laughs> I, I call that I... a bad ending for a game called Princess Maker. You uh, failed. You did not make not a princess. A princess. <laughs> I did not make a princess, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. She she rescued miners from a a cave in. Good for her. Yeah, there was all sorts of fun stuff. If she going was on. a princess, she could have changed the legislation that would have avoided those unsafe working conditions to begin with. Oh, shut mm-hmm. up! Mm-hmm. You know he's not wrong. Yeah, <sighs> <sighs> one of the only times you'll hear Kelly say that. <laughs> it's about freaking princess maker. So yeah, I just I thought I was going to enjoy the gameplay loop of that game more than I did. I enjoyed your like screenshots a- of bad translations. Oh, that game is so badly translated. <laughs> and it's just... And there's- I love its fake Akira Toriyama art style, too. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> it's like, it's sort of looking like Dragon Ball, kind of. To me, it just looks like that weird, clampish 90s uh, anime art style well, that's kind I guess of everything. Yeah, I guess everything looked the same in the 90s, huh? Yeah, yeah. no, my princess looks a lot like Bola. Toriyama never got over it. <laughs> But anyways, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend that. I, I didn't like it. Lots of people do, but it got on my nerves. Um, and then I, mean, I was like, how old that game was, really. I mean, even though it's a re, it's 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 a re-release of the really original game. It's not even like pretending to be overly modernized. No. It's like, hey, you wanted this on a modern system. Here you go. So after that, I was like, well, maybe I should cleanse my palate and play a puzzle game. So I booted up Picross Picross S2. And I complained about this to Kelly in one of our uh, Friday night Discord hangouts. But I have done myself a disservice. Because I have now played so many Picross games with stories in them and themed puzzles and motivation. That you've learned that Picross was a boring game to begin with and you never should have liked it without a story. Yeah, no, but y- yes. Mm-hmm. I I struggled to just find the motivation to do the puzzles for the sake of doing the puzzles. Vaughn wants to know why the kids were in a mine in Princess Book. <laughs> Listen, it was just random ending text. Don't think about it too much, Vaughn. No, no, no. I, no, no, no. I, I was mining. Wrong, I that was, that was I one think... of my part-time jobs. Oh, okay. My princess was mining. Yeah, okay. Look, she had a really bad I attitude. And I was broke, so I sent her to work you in the mines. Sent to the mines. <laughs> Agents of child labor. That'll fix things. Yep. <laughs> that'll, that'll turn that frown upside down. <laughs> well, and the problem is, is the more she worked in the mine, the more get weight she gained. What? 
Oh, because she was bulking up. Yeah, and so all the other princess candidates made fun of her for being fat. But she wasn't fat. I know. What is I this princess mean girl? I think she could have bench pressed them. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you can see why I wasn't real fond of this game. And I mean, I even <laughs> sent her to health class where she starved herself. But it also killed her um pride stat every time I did that. This game doesn't work very well in the in the 2020s. No. Yeah. I it, That's just wrong. It didn't work well in the 80s. So, or well, nineties. It reminds me. Do you remember myself. that Doogie Howser episode that oh, we watched, we keep Chris? Talking about that. Where like Doogie's like, you should go to fat camp. No, it was Doogie's friend. No, no, no. Oh, he was Doogie the- was the one that recommended she go to fat camp. Vinny was the one that was like, "You're fat." <laughs> Fun fact: Vinny is the voice of Dexter. Wait, what? Yeah, Vin. Vinny from that TV series is the voice of Dexter and Jack and Dexter. Okay, mind blown. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I, I, I noped out a Princess Maker. I noped out a Picross S2. And I'm like, I really need something that's bright and colorful and makes me happy. So I started Giraffe and Annika, and I like it so far. And... That's the one that Alex liked. It's more like adventure game than yeah. really RPG per se. Yeah. So do you play as the giraffe or do you play as Annika? Well, Annika is your character and giraffe is not a giraffe. Talk about false advertising. I know, right? <laughs> so Annika is like the last of the villainer. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a play on yeah, and so only I can go into the ruins. So I'm in the ruins, and ghosts are trying to eat my face. So that's as that's as far as I've gotten because I got sucked into tact and other things. I I picked up a new hobby this week. Oh my gosh! I started to do diamond painting, and I won't talk about it. I'm just throwing it out there that that's oh, been eating up a bunch of my is. time. If you want to know what diamond painting is, just Google it, and then you can enjoy the 8 trillion advertisements on your Facebook afterwards. I was about to say, be careful Googling it, because then Facebook or social media will just fill up your ads. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, You've also been streaming, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been streaming East 9. Uh Uh-huh. So maybe you should talk about East 9, Josh, because that's all you've been playing, and you're way further than I am. Yeah, I'm almost at the end of the game. There's uh, eight chapters in the finale, and I'm like halfway through chapter eight. So I'm, I'll hopefully finish it up next day or two. Um, although although the last couple of chapters are quite a bit longer than the earlier chapters, because you finally start kind of unlocking some of the areas outside of the city of Balduk. So there's some actually big open areas that you can go exploring in and uh, fighting enemies in. Um but yeah, it really does. Once you get further into the game, it kind of just develops into a routine. Like you start a new chapter, you do a couple of side quests, you you uh, then get to like a story bit with a new one of the new monstrums, and then you kind of like do the little bit of the story bit to recruit them over, you know, kind of into your party essentially. And then every single time you do that, you get their powers, and then their powers will allow the the new powers. The thing they've set up is that. 
once you have that uh, monstrum in your party, everyone in your party has access to everyone else's power. So you don't, you're not stuck trying to like swap people in and out of your party. Okay, if, that's nice. Need, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to waste time doing that. Like, oh crap! Now I got to get the, uh, you know, the character who can uh, glide in my. I got to put Hawk in my party because I need to glide here. Like, oh, I got to go into the menu and swap. I'm like, no, 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 no. Everyone gets the, everyone else's powers, so that you can just use them as you're going along. But that means that, like, every time you recruit a new character, it's kind of like then you can go to all kinds of different areas inside the city that you couldn't get to before. So I was about. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. I was about to ask you if there was any more any more traversal uh, abilities you got because oh, yeah. I just yeah yeah I just started and I'm like there's treasure chests everywhere and I have no idea how to get them. Yeah, because when you start out, you just have Adol's power where you can just like uh, shoot up to those certain points that are kind of like glowing, kind of red black, and he can just teleport there. Mm-hmm. That's Adol's power. Of course, I think you you either just about to get or have gotten the uh, white cat. And she can yeah, I just walls. yeah. Can she run up any wall or specific walls? Any she can smooth run- wall. Okay. Yeah, any, any smooth wall you can run up. Although they've done a you know like they've carefully designed things to put ledges. So anywhere you hit a ledge that's hanging out over the end of the wall, you can't run up over the edge. So that's ah. how they kind of gatekeep you from that power. Although there are occasionally times when you can kind of, like, figure out ways to kind of, like, sneak past. <laughs> I watched uh, Anna do that a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I and, actually and don't the- think I was supposed to get the landmark that I did on top of the amphitheater before I got the glide power. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some like that where you can kind of figure out how to get up there, you know, like, earlier than earlier than they've obviously intended for you to. Okay, that that that's good. I was I was getting so frustrated trying to figure out like how to get to some of those chests, especially since I didn't realize that there were multiple layers to the city too, and I also didn't realize that you could press the uh, stick button to see verticality, like yeah. if it was up or down on the map. Yeah, which is such a huge improvement over the last game. So at least you have some sense of like, oh, it's up above me or below me. <laughs> it's still not perfect, but it's a heck of a lot better than than it was in the previous games. Um, yeah. and, and then also they still have the weirdness where they have both the expanded... I still don't know why they do this, but they have the mini-map that you can expand, and then they also have the regular map that actually has, like, waypoints and stuff on it where you can actually select points and create, like, a... Uh, uh, you know, like, you can select which place you want to go to, and then it will uh, tell you how to get there on the mini-map. And I have no clue why they have bothered to have those two, because I'm always picking the wrong one when I want the other one. But, uh, well. Yeah, most of my time with it this morning, because I woke up really early for some weird reason, was just spent kind of reconfiguring the controls to like what feels comfortable to me. Yeah. Um, mainly because of muscle memory from other games, see... Uh, Trails of Cold Steel and Age of Calamity, so it I ended up like mapping the dash button to the O button and then the evade to triangle, just because that felt a lot more natural than having it on the shoulder. Yeah, it's weird. They put dash on the left shoulder button, and it's really awkward to both hold it down and move. And that's my coordinated mm-hmm. hand, so I yeah. switched it to R one. Yeah, that. 
I swear it feels like their controls are still set up essentially for the Vita. They just haven't really... It, it's the same setup as they had with the games on the Vita, uh-huh. and they haven't really updated it, even though, like... It's on a it's on a console now. Everybody's playing with a controller. You you could change this up and use some other buttons, guys, because they almost don't even use the trigger buttons on there for whatever yeah. reason. And th- there's even customizations in there for like doing gestures on the touchpad. So if you want to get really fancy with some stuff, there you go. <laughs> More power to you. Yeah, the, I, I prefer map touch or map on the um, right side of the touchpad and journal on the left. And that, I wish I could have reconfigured uh, Trails of Cold Steel like that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, well, yeah I, I'm I'm thinking of reconfiguring my touchpad because I have trouble hitting one side or the other because mm-hmm. it's a long reach for me. I got yeah. tiny hands. That being said, thanks to Trail's muscle memory, though, I still had to have the map, the mini-map button expand on the down key just because that was just so ingrained that when I changed it, it felt weird. But g- gaming muscle memory always gets me like that. So besides yeah. the controls being really customizable, which I think we are all appreciating, the combat in that game is so fun. I've yeah. just been adoring it. Like it, I mean, it, I will admit, I don't buy a lot of games new, and this one is very tempting. I, I've just absolutely been adoring the combat. I, I think it has some really great boss battles. Once you get later on into the game, there's there's a handful of them that were like like not like really interestingly thought out boss battles, ones where it's not just where you're just whacking on a, a boss for the entire time, but like you have to take out certain points of the boss first before you can actually do damage to oh, them. Oh, like Trials of Mana. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also incorporating a lot of the Monstrum's different abilities as well. It's almost like a Zelda game in that respect, you know? Like, you'll get a new Monstrum, they'll have a new ability, and then the next uh, boss battle will incorporate that ability in, in along with it. I'm getting really excited because I'm getting really good at, um, what do you call it, the flash step where you dodge just as an attack comes in. Yeah, and then you get the uh, ability. There, there's there's both the ability to da- where you dash right as they're about to hit you, and it kind of like slows down time, and then you can kind of wail on the enemy. And you can also do guards at the same same get and get kind of get the uh, same benefit from it. Okay, have any of you noticed in the cutscenes that multiple characters blink at the exact same time? What? No? I've just seen this in some of the footage I've got on YouTube, and it was freaking <laughs> me out. Like, oh, you don't have separate blink timers on your characters. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Time to blink, everybody. Blink. <laughs> that, that's almost more unsettling than them not blinking at all. I know! <laughs> uh, like, Synchronized I, as much blinking. as I'm loving this game, like it is. Def- there are definitely parts of it that kind of feel like a like a early PS3 game. It definitely looks like a early PS3 game almost. You know, it is not the. I, I think their artistic style for the overall city is really impressive. And I mean, I don't, I can't think of they have not done an ease game with this big of areas before. Like it really is start. It's definitely not an open world game. You can't, there are areas to it, but it's much more open and much more densely packed than any ease game has been before. Usually it's just kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like a bland 
forest area or desert area or, you know, frozen tundra area. And you're kind of like hemmed in by cliffs usually in a in an ease game. You know, you just have like a small little arena where you're wandering across and fighting enemies down corridors connected to little arenas. And this is definitely, yeah, it's taking a lot more from like Assassin's Creed or Breath of the Wild. And they're doing something much more ambitious it's amazing they've been able to pull that off. But, I mean, the compromise is that, like, certainly at times it it is not a visually stunning game, especially on, you know, like a PS5. I don't know what the load times are like on uh, the PS4, Anna. Um, okay. Not, none yeah. have been so long that I've been like, uh. We have a, we have a flash drive in ours, so keep that in mind, too. And I'm, I'm playing on disc, if that matters, whereas you're playing... Off oh. the drive, right? No, 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 It did install the game. Yeah, there there was uh, a not insignificant install that came with the game. Yeah. So I don't know. It's significantly better, better than uh, Age of Calamity, I'll tell you oh, that. Right. So how long are the, the load times on PS5, Josh? Uh, usually very short. I mean, there there's, you know, when it's loading in the entire city, like it will take like three or four seconds maybe, but most so of the time you, they're... Anna? Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Okay. Not long. Long enough that yeah. I enjoy reading the tip and then moving on. Yeah, they they haven't been the load times have not been so slow that I haven't been able to read the tips most of the time, let's put it that way. Whereas on Wait, uh, like you mean so fast. Yeah, so fast, exactly. Yeah. Sorry. And the nice thing is that the tips are in the log so that if you miss one that seemed interesting, you can go back and read it in the log. Yeah, I mean the funny thing is, is, um, yes, just the tip. <laughs> For those of you who uh, aren't watching us live, 9 a.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, at, at twitch.tv slash rpgamer, you're missing out on snarky comments by Vaughn. Try living with him. No, no thank you. No, thank you. Oh, he's, he's sweet, but no, he's snarky as hell. But I love him for it. I, I have two very snarky friends, so I'm 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 quite used to it. All right. So, yeah. I mean, is there anything you don't like? I like that the um, quest system from Cold Steel has come over. So, yeah. like, how quickly you do quests matters. Yeah, it it kind of tell it has the exact same thing where it's like you need to do this right now, or hey, this is a long term thing. You can kind of sit on this for a while. It has that exact same. Same sort of pacing and system to it. So basically, anything that says short term, like you better do it before the next story beat, or you know you may miss out on doing it. And I every will... quest that I've done, the reward has been worth it. Oh yeah, I think that's yeah. the thing that I appreciate the most because uh, I didn't always feel that way in Ease Eight. No, like that—that that is the difference. I would say with Ease Eight, it was I enjoyed Ease Eight, but it was kind of bloated. I mean, it was like a. 50 pushing 60 hour game it it had tons of side quests that and the story just kind of went on for a little bit too long and this one has felt much breezier and the side easy breezy is, yeah easy easy breezy exactly <laughs> I, I will admit that during that first um battle the uh or that that first kind of defense battle i think it's called like grim oh the grim Knox. old Knox. So yeah, they're the like the raids from Ease Eight. 
Yeah. yeah. I will admit that that first one was frustrating me at first because I, f <clears throat> I felt like the mobs were just running right past me to the crystal and they were running so fast that I couldn't get to them. And then I remembered at the last minute, like, oh, wait, I have that thing that I can use to just teleport to them instantly. Yeah. So yeah. the nice thing is, is, um, one, you can, if you lock onto an enemy, you can R2 and like just jump straight through them to them. Mm hmm. But also, right near the, the crystal that you're defending is a grapple point. Oh, right. So not only can you grapple to enemies, but you can also grapple to nearby points. Yeah, so you can just go flying around that screen really quickly. And then once you get into the game, just like in Ease 8, you're able to like create uh, all kinds of extra things to help you, like to distract enemies... Like, there are all kinds of, like, weapons and stuff, and then you can upgrade the crystal to kind of make sure it has more HP, so it takes longer for the enemies to actually damage yeah, it. Yeah, I think I have three decoys right now. Yeah. And the nice thing is, is um, before you go into the Grimwald Nox, it actually gives you the opportunity to, right then and there, upgrade your stuff. Yeah. Uh, about the only... About the only negative thing I can really think about is there are very occasional times where I'm not super happy with the camera. Usually the auto-targeting, like if you actually lock on to the uh, enemy, especially in boss battles, that kind of you know solves any of the problems. But there are times, like if you're fighting enemies out in the city and one of those, there are like these little... Uh, the butterflies. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh, the butterflies drive me crazy. Yeah. Because the and when auto lock system like a, doesn't know how to deal with them. No, and, and and especially like when you're fighting in the city, like in a tight little alleyway, like the camera just does not handle that very well. But I mean, yeah, pretty pretty, pretty minor nitpicky thing. Like otherwise, the game is just. I, I think it may be my favorite ease game. Like seriously, I've I've just been enjoying the heck out of it. Me too. I will say I, I'm amused that Patrick Seitz is doing Dogie's voice because he. Um, I think he's Garrosh in uh, Warcraft, and he also oh, plays Frankie. Oh, little Gary Hell scream. And he's also Frankie in One Piece. And I'm thinking, man, you're playing a big, a big dude with blue hair. You're gonna get typecast. <laughs> and then, um, crap. I mean, he kind oh, of already is because he plays big guys generally. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he was um, Archibald and Stella Glow. It's. Every time I hear that voice, it's like, wait, is that who I think it is? Though, to be fair, I do confuse him with Travis Willingham sometimes. But um, the Travis other thing Willingham that... Travis Willingham was eight and, uh, ace in 999, right? I don't remember. I know that Travis Willingham is Knuckles and okay. uh, Sonic Boom. Yeah, there's like that it, one certain voice that it's like that deep, older gentleman, I'm in charge yeah. style voice. And, like, yeah. it's always one of three guys. Yeah, Travis, Patrick, or I don't know who the third one is. I'm blanking on the name. I want to say it's, like, John or Jonathan, and I'm just bleh. There, I'm really there was one in names. the 90s who was kind of in the same boat as far as, like, his voice, but he got used for some really weird roles, and that was Brett Weaver. Oh, I've never heard of him. He yeah, did... He did guide uh, he did guide Daigoji in uh, Martian Successor Nadesco. He um, he was also um, the guy who played the lead for uh, Sorcerer Hunters. So he's like this really deep voice, and he's playing this skinny skinny 
fuck character. Uh, what all in- y'all are talking about with this dubbed anime stuff. Ugh. Hey, oh, it's no, not the 90s no, anymore. No, no, we're not starting no, an argument. Uh, all right, Kelly, what else have you been playing this week? Well, I finished Trails of Cold Steel 4, finally. Finally. Yay! You got to the thing. You got to the thing where I to screamed. The thing. Yeah, I can't talk about it, unfortunately. But, she uh, I mean, I didn't scream, but I was... Running. I didn't scream, but I was like, oh, that's so cute. I was so excited. Um, I, I will say, when you guys get... Whoever gets to the end of this game, be warned, if you unlock the path to the true ending... You finish the game normally, and then you reload the save file, and then have to go to the path to the true ending. And it's very weird, and I don't know why they did it like that. That is the dumbest thing ever. Criminal <laughs> Girls did the same thing, though. It's still dumb. It's yeah, I'm not it's saying it's not dumb. Like, Although, in, mean, the se- in the case of Criminal Girls, it kind of makes sense, but it's still dumb. I mean, <laughs> I think the problem with Cold Steel 4 is not only do they make you go through the normal ending, but then there's like a 20-minute friendship speech. Yeah. As if we yeah. had enough of those in the, in four games. <laughs> and uh, I will admit that I liked how much tighter this game ended because I felt like the past couple of, well, I, three just kind of stopped. One and two was like ending and then epilogue and then ending and then epilogue to the epilogue. And this one was like, no, you go through the dungeon, you fight all the bosses, you kill God, dethrone God. Attack and, and dethrone God. Yeah, attack and dethrone God, and then you're good. Except for that whole reloading stuff. So it's like, why streamline that part, but then make that part cumbersome? I do appreciate that, like, everything gets wrapped up, and then they throw something completely out of left field. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, I know exactly where the next game's going, and I'm really excited for it now. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that, well, America really got done dirty by not getting the Crossbell games, because... You know, I feel like I was missing some stuff already, and then I booted up Crossbell, the first Crossbell game on my Vita, and learned that Randy wasn't just a random dude that showed up. He was actually a main character in Cross yeah. Crossbell. Yeah, yeah like and, all of the Crossbell people that you meet, um, with the exception of Yuna, are major characters in the two Crossbell games. Yeah, and and not only that, like one of the characters that shows up that I think you can play with in in this game is like some major mystery point in Crossbell. Oh, Kia. Oh, I didn't want to say it, but there you go, Kia. Yeah, and it was just like I feel like I missed like one third of the references in this because the lack of Crossbell. Yes, yes, you did. Like I, I noticed it playing. After playing Crossbell and then playing four, I'm like, oh yeah, you get a lot more out of this after previously playing Crossbell. Yeah, yeah I, I'm glad it's not just me. Yeah, I'm so, really excited for the Crossbell remakes because I'm I'm really hoping that they will get announced soon. Yeah, and Hopefully I mean, at least the PS4 will make it over. I yeah, hope. yeah. Um, I mean, that being said, I'm playing the, the Vita versions, but I promise the second that they become available. In North America, I will buy them, even if I don't get to the PS4 versions. Um, I I just want to butt in like one thing. It reminds me we're talking about this. Um, like the 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 bugginess in Ease Nine. 
on the PS5 went away after the patch. So anybody huh. who's worried about that, it's it's been fine all week. I was, of course, you know, like there was no problems last week when I had started out, and then as soon as the podcast was over, I was playing, and then it's crashing on me, and I'm like, of course, it makes a liar out of me right <laughs> afterwards. But but one other thing, what reminded me is that I've read that. Um, it's it's apparently a problem across some of uh, Falcom's localized ones because there's a game breaking bug in Cold Steel Two if you're playing it on PS5, the, oh, uh, no. the U.S. localized version. Yeah, so like that's that's bad, and I haven't there apparently there's been no statement from like Exceed about that. I yet, mean, so. there Exceed is in a tough spot, and I mean we've yeah, talked oh, yeah. about this before. I mean they don't have any particular motivation to fix it because they have no more connection to the series. No. Yeah. Um, I finished that. I'm almost at the end of Age of Calamity. I've like got the last map looming. I'm just trying to finish up a bunch of the side quests. Um, trying to kind of 100% clear all of the map side quest areas because um, you get like a bonus for completing all of that stuff. My link is level 89 right now. And I can't remember how much upgraded I have his backboard. I, I mean, I need to actually unlock the next tier of upgrades because you reach a point where you can increase the level cap on weapons, which means that you can get more powers and stuff. But my, my link is ridiculously powerful, and you need that because some of those quests later on are brutal. Um, I did one last night where I had to take on, like, two Lionels at once. Um Lionels are like the were the worst enemy in Breath of the Wild because they're so aggressive and you, you, they're so bad that you like can't even sneak up on them to get a sneak attack on them. That's how aggressive they are, and they're kind of easier in this game, but they're still very aggressive and can hit like a truck. And not only that, there's envir- er, elemental ones now that have. Yeah you know, fire and ice powers and stuff. And then at the end of the game, you unlock, or you start fighting malice enemies, which are infused with that kind of calamity Ganon goop that makes them, like, even worse. <clears throat> you also fight, like, malice guardians and stuff, too. Like, every, every one of the big enemies get kind of hit with that goop that makes him even more difficult and more challenging. And some of those quests have you have you taking on like two or three of them at once or a Hinox and or a Malice Hinox and a Malice Talos at once. Um the silence tells me that you guys don't even know what I'm talking about, do I'm you? I'm watching one on the stream now. Blue main yeah. and a regular Oh, one. Yeah. those things. I saw Chris die to these a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun. You'd ride them on the back and stab them and then die. Yeah, you don't really do that, but that hexagon that you're chipping away at, once you get it down to zero, you do a weak spot attack, and then you ride on them and stab them in the back, but it just kind of takes off a chunk of their health. It doesn't actually kill them oh, just yet. But... I mean, they're considerably easier in this game than they are in Breath of the Wild, but there's still no walk in the park either, especially taking on two of the jerks at once. 
Because, you know, you're trying to do your little dodge dance in one of them, and then the other one's just, like, firing stuff at you. And as you can see, um, when you use your rune powers against them, you kind of have an advantage there. Um, For that particular fight, I was just spamming the time stop constantly, even without the window of opportunity. Um, Um, Why is his... Okay, this is a very strange Why is he dressed so strangely? I don't know. (laughs) Um, Just checking. The costumes in this are purely cosmetic. Okay. I'm like, why is he dressed like that? Dressed like the dude from Dragon Quest. Like the the big guys. (laughs) Yeah, I have my Link dressed in pretty much dressed similarly in the bandana and wearing the uh, Desert Vaux outfit where he kind of looks like a belly dancer, but I like the bandana on him best, so he just kind of looks like a pirate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, very. He looks very cute in that outfit, um, and that that challenge that you're looking at, Chris. There's also one with the uh, stone taluses, and those can get hard trying to fight at the same time. Because bear in mind, some of these trials are timed, so you gotta kind of gotta get them down fairly quickly. And the stone taluses' only weakness is that one little spot of ore on its top. But that being said, when you bring down one of those jerks, it's just so satisfying, um, especially since they drop a lot of good loot. And yeah, I'm, I, I want to try to be finished with that game at least this week, just so that I can move on to something else. But I'm, I part of me wants to kind of 100% it just because I'm not sure if I'm ready to be done with it just yet, since it's so much fun to play. Um, I have all the characters unlocked, too. All right. Now, if I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back to uh, the other games or the other Buso games after this one. This one feels very, just feels like it's the best Muso crossover they've done thus far. Have you spoiled yourself for Strikers? Uh, I don't know. It's going to depend on how Strikers plays. Okay. I mean. What I like about the Muso combo games is that they take whatever that game's gimmick is and integrate it just flawlessly, you know, like with Fire Emblem, it being a strategy Muso game, or with this game where it's very much focused on the combat, just like Breath of the Wild, and, you know, the the quests and stuff like that. So I wonder how, like, the Persona fusions are going to play with Strikers. Well, we're going to find out really soon. It's out in, what, two weeks? Oh, it is coming out soon. Crap. <laughs> I got ease to play. Yeah, I just got ease to play. My um, Mario 3D World's coming out next week. Uh, Monster Hunter's coming out. Is is that at the end of this month or at the end of March? I think it's the end of March. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's too much good good stuff coming out. What have you been playing, Chris? Atelier Riza. But I don't have anything new to say about it since last week. It's just I'm enjoying. I'm level I'm level fifty two in my alchemy, and I'm level thirty four in my people. So he is now past where I got. I, yeah, I did the underworld stuff that you were talking about. Yep. Well, it must be pretty good if it's holding your attention. It is. Yeah, I know. It, it's pretty good, but also like it's really. 
I I think I understand why people complain about how they don't like the lack of timers because it just makes a very discontinuous story flow in the game. It's just really weird how it's like you'll go from crafting to okay, I need to look at the log to figure out how to spawn this next story cutscene because everything's just like make this happen, make this happen, make this happen. Okay, now I can uh, go to the next area, and it's I don't know, it's just weird. It feels weird. The pacing is weird. Yeah, you have to I be, can do either or. You have to be really motivated to continue the story on a regular clip. Otherwise, you'll be like, I just crafted for six hours straight, and I don't remember what I was doing in the story. Mm-hmm. Well, that's <laughs> why they have the log there, and it's like, okay, go over here and like go see this cutscene. Then go see this cutscene, and then go see this cutscene. And it's like, I don't want to look at another cutscene. I want to just go to a new area and craft. Like, well, you waited too long, so now you got to do all these cutscenes in a row. It's like, well... How come you couldn't have doled them out while I was doing other things? Like, because you didn't want a time limit, and this is how we accomplished that. So, what do you want? Do you want a time limit, or do you want to have to do the cutscenes on a row? Hmm. Hmm. See, I don't know how I feel about. I don't know how I feel about that because the time limit in the old school Atelier games like caused me a lot of stress because I was so afraid of like either missing out or not making the thing that you had to make as perfect as you could. Yeah, I mean, each uh-uh. system has its weaknesses and strengths is, I think, what it ends up kind of boiling down to. We'll have to see. I'll have to see it. This is on my backlog for the year. All right. Hey, Tam, is there anything else that you've been playing this week? Um, well, besides the Dragon Quest Tact, um, which I've I've really just dipped my toe in compared to some of you, <laughs> um, I've uh, been... Uh, trying to catch up with Final Fantasy Brave Exvius still because um, I took a several month break just because work was kicking my booty and then um, I continued um, I redid the third part of my Suicoden 5 stream with only one minor issue where I lost connection during a cutscene but yeah I saw that you were streaming last night in like the wee hours of the morning yeah, you started your stream like right as I went to bed. That's dedication. <laughs> it is. But um I mean if if you can it, it the start of Sui Coden 5 is a slow burn, but once you get past the actual intro where the events start really moving. I'm, I'm keeping it kind of spoiler-free because I don't know if everyone's watched it. I don't know or played it. I, since I'm doing the Let's Play, you know, some people may be wanting to watch that. I don't know. Um, and I know there's other Let's Plays out there. I don't care. Um, but once you get to a certain point, it really does start opening up the game where you can start recruiting, you know, the characters to join your army and 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 really develop the actual game story. But the game... We lost and him. we lost him. No. Like a five-hour five rule. Um. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> you cut out there and all we hear is, the game is going to five-hour rule oh. it. So, um, the game is very easy to five-hour rule it because it is 
it takes five to six hours to get through the intro. Oh, oh gosh. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, jeez. <laughs> what See, about the game? There's uh, a slow yeah. burn. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I... a slow, it's a slow burn at the start. Yeah. Once you get past the start, though, and where it really starts to open up, it's it's a pheno- it's a really good game and one of the best Sui Coden games. Like the the first three and the fifth game are really good Sui Coden games. I think the third gets a lot of flack, but it is not the fourth game, which basically is the killer of the series. It could not the series just could not recover after that fourth game. I, I didn't think four was that bad. It it had it. I enjoyed what I played of it, despite its flaws. I've beaten it. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, I've beaten it. I didn't find it to be that bad. I think the last boss just comes out of nowhere. I I think the problem with 4, for me, for a lot of people, is that it's the Wind Waker problem, where there's, like, too much of a world to explore, and it's not cohesive like that. Yeah, well, actually, I I mentioned this last night in my stream during Sui Coden 5, um, because Scar and I were discussing it, because we're both you know, we've both played a lot of the Sui Codens. And it basically, Wind Waker, I have this theory in gaming where, you know, you have one game that really kind of tries to innovate, and then you see a bunch of games start copying that, like, mechanic. Wind Waker had this big, open, oceany world, and there were a number of games that came out after it that tried to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't like... I've never beaten Wind Waker. I got past the first temple, realized every time I got into the boat, I would fall asleep playing it. Like, literally, I would fall asleep playing it. I put it down. And that was kind of the issue I had with 4, is that, oh, it came out two years after Wind Waker. And, oh, look, it has a boat. It has this whole shipping mechanic. And it's the same thing with the car battle system. There was one game that really did this decently good car battling system and then you had all these other games come out using car battling systems lost kingdom fantasy star online 3 bat and ketos i mean just a whole slew of games all came out around that same time using car battling systems. wait which one was the starter of the card battling system i don't remember i it's I'm trying to remember what it is, but that all those games came out about the same time frame. For for the first couple of times he said that, instead of I I misinterpreted it as not as car de battling systems, but as car re battling systems. Car battler Joe. I was like, oh, did people copy car battler Joe like way more than I know about? Card games on motorcycles. <laughs> It would happily play a RPG that you battled with um, cars. Oh, then well, you should you play Car play Battler Yakuza. Joe. Yeah, they're, they're it's a Game Boy Advance one. game. It's an RPG where you collect car parts and build cars and battle with them. Oh my god, this this exists. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, yes, it actually exists. And it's one of the few GBA games I don't own. That's an RPG. Isn't it hard and, to and find? Anna? It is very hard to find. Uh, yeah, because the six has a mini game where you're uh, racing taxis. <laughs> So does Yakuza 5. <laughs> like a dragon has go-karts. So, so yeah, uh, there's that. But So, controversial opinion, I think that Breath of the Wild is just Wind Waker without water. 
think about it, there like really isn't that no. much to the world. I I have to disagree because the physics and the well, yeah, you've got the the physics and, the, and all the that shrines and the lack of dungeons and yeah, there's a lot of space in between stuff to do. I think it, it's better implemented, but it, there's yeah. still like a lot of open space. All right. That's just how I feel. Fair enough. Your opinion may vary. Um, what happened? Oh, nothing. Okay. Hi! Our audio stuff is giving us weirdness, so you may hear some weird things on the recording. If you do, ignore it. But I think we're fine. Okay. So, continuing on, what? who's who's telling us what they played? Anyone on the left? I, no, I think we're all done. We're all done? Does that mean it's time for feedback? Yes. Feedback. Feedback. See, it's feedback, like microphone it's feedback. The, it's the good no? kind of feedback, yeah. yeah, not the microphone. Oh, feedback. okay. So, what's the feedback? Um, our question of the week last week was, "What was your personal game of the year?" Um, Gamer SQ replies, "Based on the feedback received during last week's podcast, the Zeitgeist is definitely bravely default too." Question of the week, game of the year was Crosscode. Rounding up my top three were Trials of Mana and Brigadine Legends of Runesia. It's funny. I don't hear a lot of people talking about Brigandine. I played the demo and absolutely hated it. Ryan, Ryan oh. thought it was okay. What, what about Brigadoon? It's a review. I don't know. Carl um, says, question of the week, best game I played last year was probably that one by CD Projekt Red. Been a big open world adventure, really buggy at launch, didn't run as well on my console as it does on <laughs> PC, but Witcher 3 on Switch was something else. Oh, I see what he did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. I also really enjoyed playing SMT4 Apocalypse for the first time last year. Really excited for SMT5 in 2021. My Game of the Year releases was Hades, which was exceptional. Ran The Witcher 3 very close for my overall favorite. And then Shaman says, it says a lot about Hades that it was my Game of the Year for 2020, and I normally don't touch procedural generation with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. Why not go for the full 40 there, Shaman? Don't touch it with a well, 40 Well, because foot pole. 39 and a half foot pole is a reference to the Mr. Grinch song. Ah. Ah, I see. Yes. Um, I have a... I'm, I'm back. I'm sorry. You were gone? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Welcome back. <laughs> so, we had, we uh, had our own issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, were, we, we heard the small argument, and then, like, Kelly, or, uh, Anna said she could hear herself, and that's when my power went out, because oh no. my youngest flipped the breaker. I think Chris just flew a, threw a cat on the floor. Ah, no, he rolled off the side of my arm, because he was getting into being <laughs> pet, and then he rolled around, and then he fell off the side, but he tried to hold on with his claws on the way down. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, my cats do that. No, no yeah, blood, but man, it hurt. <laughs> so, so I apologize for that. As Ooh. I said, my youngest flipped the breaker. Yeah, I hear you. That sucks. 
<laughs> also, why are they near the breakers? So no, 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 uh, no. We, we you go get them. Get, get them away and just take care no, of that as you need. <laughs> anyway, I have a suggestion for our question of the week, and What's I'm that? stealing this. I'm stealing this from Kotaku and Video Game Apocalypse. How did your parents feel about your video game hobby? Oh man, my mom hated the fact that I played video games. Video games are not for girls. <laughs> wow, gender roles much? In my I mean, it was the 80s. Yeah. I mean, at first my parents kind of didn't like it, but then once they realized that they could get me to obey real quick if they threatened to take away my video games, it was Ooh, then leverage. it became a thing. As and then when leverage. Yeah, and then when I got older, they kind of wished I would have went out more, but then dad was like, you know, it's it's what you like, it's what you do. On my case, that's the whole reason I play video games is because my dad had a Commodore 64. So some of my earliest memories are playing his Commodore 64 when I was like four or five years old. Yeah. We always, we always played games together. I, I kind of had the same thing with the Commodore and the Intellivision Um I have my parents in television that they bought in 1979, and my mom played it when um, she was pregnant with me because she was on bed rest for a while and had nothing to do. Yeah, I, I still remember playing the original Legend of Zelda on the NES, and I think it was me and my dad playing, and my mom had a big thing of graph paper, and we were like making our own uh, maps of it back in the days when you didn't have maps and online, couldn't look it up online. My- we had our own maps for Legend of Zelda, where everything was, where all the secrets were. So we we actually had the official Nintendo Power Map for that, but my mom did the graph paper thing with, like, by square of each room of the first level 8 dungeon of World 1, um, level 8. And so it, it was, like, this huge, I want to say, like, 7 by 12 graph paper. Like, each room was done tile by tile i mean what about you chris um my my parents are who gave me my first nintendo so like they were into it and fine with it and they used to play um then as i got older they stopped playing so much um they never really ever touched the super nintendo or higher um, and then we had times where they, they held off on getting us an N64 for a while because they thought we did a bit too much video gaming. But then eventually that happened. And um, after N64, I was on my own. So I bought my own PlayStation. But uh, yeah, the uh, yeah it was, uh, it was fairly video game friendly in our house. Um, had to do homework first, of course. And, uh-huh. But uh, no real problems. Um, I mean, just normal kid problems and how to budget time you know but yeah nothing nothing abnormal nothing weird um so i feel like a pretty standard story oh i forgot to mention that um my family bought a uh wii for christmas one year i I actually had to go um be the one to go buy it since dad said that i knew knew pretty much everything about it and then it was kind of the family surprise that year and we got like really into wii sports and a bunch of the mini golf games on the wii oh yeah and i mean it it's always funny to me because now that my parents are retired my mom is like a hardcore gamer Mm -hmm. and in fact they um so there was like a wii mini that was only available in canada for quite a number of years yeah and since it was a mini 
it fit better in people's trailers. So my parents smuggled like a dozen of these things over the border down to Florida when they were snowbirding. <laughs> Did they uh, stick some Kinder Eggs in the box, too? <laughs> no. But it, they, they usually this. bring Smarties and Crunchy Bars with them to Florida. Uh, Okay. God, this this conversation is unlocking memories because I also remember um, buying my mom a Nintendo DS Lite for Christmas one year because my dad wanted to get her one because she'd been playing just like crappy a crappy LCD version of Tetris. And my dad was like, I want to get her a real version of Tetris. So take some money, go to GameStop, get her a Nintendo DS, and just set her up with everything she needs and try to find her a copy of Tetris. Well, this was the time when the only DS Tetris was um, the Nintendo version that was out of print and super expensive. And Vaughn happened to give me his copy, just as my, my play copy. And I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? I'm either going to eBay this thing for a fortune or I'm just going to give her my copy of Tetris. And that's what I ended up doing. And then Vaughn was like, man, I really want that copy of Tetris back, but I know it's your mom's favorite game. <laughs> but then later we found copies of it so it was good, good. It, was, it was all good and yeah, <laughs> the I, last the last kind of morbid memory I have is after um, ending up with my parents Wii again because they stopped playing it so it's like well I'll, I'll give it a home um, and wiping it so I could or so I could put custom firmware on it and then getting it home turning it on and all of a sudden there's your dead dad's me there on the screen Ooh. and it was like oh I didn't expect this. I'm kind of sad now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, um, very morbid. Happy memory. <laughs> wow. Good God. Um, well, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I grew up in... I mean, my parents thought I gamed too much, but my parents... I mean, I was not overly athletic as a kid, so... Um, and it... it and over time, just because you know, I just got more into more, more and more into gaming, and I've been really happy that I've been able to find such communities like RP Gamer. You know, hang out with people who have similar passions um, in gaming, even if we don't always agree. At least you know we have this passion that we enjoy, and um, a lot of times, um, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite memories <laughs> is. My mom had gotten Final Fantasy for her birthday as a gift from my father for the NES. This is original Final Fantasy, which only had the one save slot. And it didn't tell you how to save the game. And that, and so my sister started playing it the next morning. Not, you know, because we, having Dragon Quest first, we thought, oh, multiple saves. No. <laughs> so my sister ended up overwriting my Final mom's Fantasy save. Final Fantasy had multiple saves. And my mom pretty much never went back to anything Nintendo until years later for, like, the GBA or the DS. I forget which one. But she would play, like... My mom would play Sims. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, unfortunately, since smartphones have become a thing, my mom's DS has been kind of gathering dust, and that makes me sad. Yeah, same with my I was dad. Trying- we gave my dad a DS Lite with Tetris. Mm-hmm. Nintendo um, Tetris, you know, the good one. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean SimCity, not like The Sims. 
I mean, he plays the Nest Mini that we gave him. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's the new thing now. I mean, for the longest time, I was was trying to get her into an an RPG, and I thought that Chrono Trigger would be the best beginner RPG, but now she never got into it. Honestly, I am really tempted to get my mom a Switch preloaded with Animal Crossing. How about you finish playing Chrono Chrono Trigger yourself, Anna? Me. Uh-huh. It's on my list. Uh-huh. Anyways, I think it's time for the news. Oh, wait, we forgot to tell people how to provide feedback. Podcast at rpgamer.com or just go to the show thread on the site at rpgamer.com. And of course, you could call us at 608-729-4098, leave a voicemail or send a text message to that number 608-729-4098. Thank you. And now time for news. We have a review for Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood oh, by Zach Webster. That's feedback. No, that's editorials. That's editorials. Editorial. Yes, we start with editorials. Well, we're all over the place. I think the crash kind of screwed us all up. Yeah. Any, anyway, Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood review by Zach Webster. Um, He gave it kind of a meh. 2.5. Yeah, reviews for this game are really all over the place. Got a two. Um, beating beating people up as a werewolf is fun. Direction is unintentionally humorous and entertaining ways. That sounds like a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your point of view. Um, that being said, uh, what did he say? The problem? Oh, spells, gameplay is quite bad. Story is uninteresting. And the RPG mechanics are underdeveloped. So play at your own risk. And then we've also got the backlog in the year from our very own Anna. Hello. Um, let's see, what all did you play? You were talking about Felseal and Children of Zodiacs. Then your non-RPGs. A whole list of them. Gora, 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 Florence Nightcall, Red Strings Club, and Princess Maker. Play the Night Strings um, Club. It's so but do not play Princess Maker. But do not play Princess Maker. It is very dated. Yeah. So you can you can go read about all of her backlogging stuff on the site. And now we have news. Big news. There was a Final Fantasy XIV presentation last night. Oh, are they talking about a new expansion? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, what's it called? Uh, Moon's Haunted. Moon's Haunted. <laughs> it's not called Moon's Haunted. That it's called Endwalker. Endwalker. And I, can re- we call it Mikotes on the Moon? <laughs> yeah, we're going to the moon. Mikotes on Mars, Kelly. <laughs> we're going to the moon. <laughs> yeah, huge presentation. Um, we're getting new jobs. We're getting a new DPS job and a new healer job. Oh, what they're, are they? They're, they're going to announce the DPS one later, but the healer one is Sage. Okay. Um. They're also classifying the healers into pure healer and barrier healer roles now. So, I, is this like the difference between disciplined priest versus uh, holy priest? And wow, sounds like it. Okay, what used to be a uh, disciplined priest? I mean, it's still kind of barrier, but it's it, it's anyways. Let's not let's not go into that discussion. Um, um, but but yeah, so it sounds like a, um, Astrologian is going to get, be getting a huge rework because right now their kit is sort of like 50-50. And I think that was their – they. I, I understand where they want to go is try and mix it up with the healers, have something that's sort of in between a pure healer and a barrier healer. But it 
doesn't mesh well. What the hell is a barrier healer? It's about preventing damage as opposed to healing it after it happens. That sounds boring and terrible. It depends on how you If you make a mistake, you're dead already. No. If you forget to put the shield up, you're dead. Don't suck. Oh, well, okay. This is me we're talking to. I will have you know. (laughs) My my wife is one of a two-healer team for her static. Yeah. And the other, he- so she plays White Mage, the other one plays a Scholar, which is the barrier healer. You so, have two healers but, in a party. Because it's a 10 person party and you oh, need two healers? Okay. Eight. Sorry, my bad. No worries. No worries. It's, well, fine, it's then. two tanks, two healers, four DPS, right? I'll allow it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, but, but it sounds like with this, because of the fact they're specifically classifying astrologian as a pure healer. I'm going. I have a strong suspicion they're going to put astrologian into, you know, rework its entire system. And because right now it can be either as you know one aspect that gives shields or one aspect that does like hot. And I think that's going to go away based on that information where they're reclassifying astrologian to pure healer. I think that's the only way they were going to sadly fix it in the end. By the way, this is part of the reason I'm here, people, because uh, I'm one of our biggest Final Fantasy XIV players on on the on staff. One of them. <laughs> All right. So tell us more details about the expansion. Um. So, oh, is he going to say it or am I? No, you can I'm, say it. I'll comment. Okay. okay. Um, features and content, it's going to increase the level cap going from 80 to 90, going to include new tribes, um, including the elephant like Mantanga, which I, I don't know why that screenshot, it looks like a shoe puff from Final Fantasy X. Rise the shoe puff. I think it's because they're blue. Yeah. Dabba yeah. dee, dabba die. <laughs> no. Too many references at once. Yeah, um, I mean, there's like a whole laundry list of new features and stuff. Gold Saucer is getting an update. Uh, They're going to be getting an island sanctionary to give players some slow living experience, such as raising animals or farming. Harvest Moon! That piques my interest. Um, There's going to be a whole bunch of system adjustments. Um, Oh, and the other big big news is that the um, PlayStation 5 version was announced. Ooh! Yeah, so I was um, obviously because I'm I'm a big Final Fantasy XIV player. Uh, I have a few discords, and one of, one of my discords were like, "Yeah, they're not going to announce PS5. It's too early for them to announce PS5." And I was like, "No, they're going to announce it like ASAP because they they don't want to fall into the trap they did with the PS2 with Final Fantasy XI, where it's basically they never switched off of it and they can't really push the game forward beyond that." And so. I'm not surprised that this is coming out. I'm, I'm a little surprised it's coming out as soon as it is, but, I mean, it's going into beta. Oh, no, I'm sure people wanted it as soon as the PS5 was out, and it shouldn't be that hard of a port either. And No. Uh, yeah, no. A- apparently, the biggest thing that it's changing is going to be lo- the load times are going to be much smoother right. for the PS5, so well, hopefully... Uh, here, here we go. Um, those who already own the PlayStation 4 version will be able to upgrade for free. And that PlayStation I'm shocked 5- by. 
Yeah, the five version is digital only, and those currently using the disc version will no longer require one after upgrading, okay. which is huge, especially if you only bought the digital PS5. Sure. Yeah, actually, that Wait, the, how do you upgrade the then? free upgrade from PS4 to PS5 actually does not shock me at all because they did the same thing from PS3 to PS4 for for a period of time. Okay, I was going to say they did where you could upgrade right. your P- PS3 account to the PS4 for free. You still have to buy the expansion on each individual platform. So it's yeah, not that's like it's still that free. kind of a ripoff. So like, uh, there's a matrix when you log into your account. Like, okay, here's the platforms you own the each expansion on. So you so you have a uh, 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 Stormbringer, Storm Soulbringer, Stormblood, Storm. No, the no Faithbringer, Stormblood, Lightbringer, Light Hopes. What's the Shadowbringer? Color? Shadowbringer um, on the Mac. On the PC, on the PS4, and is Xbox still a thing for this or no? I forget. No, never I don't think, been a thing. Yeah, it was never a thing. Okay. Didn't they bring 11 to Xbox yeah. at one point? Yeah, yeah 11 was on down real fast, though. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of speculation about what the next uh, Melee job's going to be um, coming out. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know... Because, you know, a lot of times uh, Yoshi will do his shirts to, like, indicate some stuff, but... Um, Wasn't he wearing, like, some to... baby metal shirt? Um, apparently one shirt said, no spoilers. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that, and then he had another shirt underneath it, which had, like, Arabic writing on it, someone said. Um, so... The, my my guess is because apparently there was some news that they were working with some trans some translators in that region that they may be trying to bring this out in like the Middle East. Interesting. Maybe that rumor rumor. We're we're pulling a lot from from shirts and chairs lately. All right, are the dog people going to be playable yet? That's all I want to know. Which dog people? No, the dog people in Stormblood. Um, oh, actually, did we get a new race announced or not? No, not yet. No, okay. Not yet. There's All no right. new race announced yet. Um, again, when they were doing um, Shadowbringers, they did state that they would more than likely not add any more races. Um, the one thing is, um, and is that people are really hoping they do. You know, the vice or the opposite genders of the two they have now mm-hmm. that don't have the opposite genders. But the chance of, but apparently, um, you know, if we don't get them this expansion, the chances are just going to dwindle further down the line that Obviously. we're not going well, to get Well, I mean, eh, who knows what will happen. I mean, you Final Fantasy yeah. yeah. is still getting it, new content. So yeah, and I mean, it's not like, you know, they, the, we, Manthras, we did. We did get those. We did get Manthras. But they had those at launch, I think. Right, oh, but that's the relaunch, thing is like. Relaunch, relaunch, yeah. That was the thing is like we went from, you know, there will never be Manthras to, of course, Mikote are both genders. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't the Galka also gender locked? Well, I mean, the next thing to do is start doing non-binary genders in MMOs, right? I wonder how that's going to be reflected. Yeah, please, by all means, please do that. I don't know how you even do it. but I mean, weren't Galka you... technically genderless? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know, I, I'm all for non-binary genders and you just dress however you like. 
Because so I, I have friends that unlocks, plays, right? And then, or I don't even know. You just get rid of I, all pronouns. Does that help? That doesn't help. Does it? I have friends that play female characters that are very angry that they can't wear stuff like the butler outfits. Yeah, that, that they're it, only locked. Fourteen's real bad about that. Yeah, they need to. They, their answer to that has kind of just been, "Oh well." I think they're trying to do it, but. I think it's a lot, it's of, a asset lot work. of work. Yeah. I think it's a lot of asset work. And they're like, we know some of you want this real bad, but it's not enough for you to justify the amount of work it is, is I think what they don't want to say. <laughs> it's <laughs> a lot of asset to. work to make gender inclusivity. Um, yeah. It Cause you have to reskin everything to fit on the other models. Cause those, I mean, those wow. things were only designed on the one model. So you have all these outfits and now you have to redo them. You have to make all of them again, basically. As right. I mean, Wow doesn't have much, that problem. Sure, but Wow, wow designs wow it from the Wow doesn't do gendered start. outfits. Yes, it does. No, they don't. Um. No, not gender, <laughs> not gender locked outfits. But the way that this plate fits my male worgen is, is different, different from the way yeah. that it fits my female yeah, Volpera. But, uh, yeah, but okay. But also with Wow, and. it's all stretchy. And I don't like the way they do their armor system anyway. Right. And, 14's and armor the problem looks better, that 14 so it has take more work. is they didn't design it to They're be for anything other than their one race yeah, gender combo Because they combo wanted things the to start. look good. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and, I don't know. So, I, I, I see your point, but like also it would be a lot of work. And I don't know that that excuses it, but it is a thing and it's a factor. I as the non-binary person in the conversation, I think it's a shitty excuse. If, I mean, if I may, if, no, if I may, no, I'm jumping in. I, the problem that we, you have, Kelly, is it's not an excuse as much as they a have reality. a finite amount of time with a finite amount of people That's working on content. Do you want the butler outfit to fit your girl, or do you want a new dungeon? No, what I want is for them to not make gender-locked clothes, period. Sure, but this is how they've decided to handle the workflow. If, right. If I may, because here's here's the thing, because um, I, I know a little bit more into this subject only because um, I know people who do modding, and, and I'm not talking just like, oh, modding over the textures, but actually have to stretch them. Um, to fit different body types, and that and that's the big thing is Final Fantasy fourteen. Every race and gender has a different body type, and because of how many texture combinations for each armor is, the only race that can actually get away with not having gender locked items without having the items specifically rebuilt from the ground up for each gender race combination is Lalafell because Lalafell shared the exact same model between male and female. I know it's not popular to say it's not worth the time, but it's not worth the time. No, I, I get why they don't, they don't do it from a business standpoint, but that doesn't mean that I agree with it. That's fair. I, okay. I think either make inclusive content or don't make it at all. And and they have tried. I mean, the bunny outfit is not is not gender locked anymore. I don't have a dog in this fight because I'm not playing fourteen right now. Right. All right. And that's okay too. I think we've covered all the fourteen news. Um. um it also talked about p- patch five point five. 
Okay. Yeah, that's what's in it. It's coming out um, right around the same time as the PS5 update allows too. Both of them uh, mid-April, I believe it was. Um, that's going to be split into two parts. Um, new trial. Uh, all sorts of different things. It's like a laundry list. Oh, there is one other big thing they did announce for 6.0 is that the baseline story for 6.0 is going to end the current storyline. Uh, where did I where did I cut out? You didn't cut out. Everybody was just quiet. Because no oh. one knows what that means. Yeah. Okay. Um, basi- basically, the big story arc they've been doing since the 2.0 launch is going to finally end at the start. It ends in 6.0, which is going to be the baseline patch for the next for uh, Endwalker, and then from there, it's going to be a brand new story arc for Final Fantasy 14. So. Very excited. That that's the other really big news that, like, really really big news that came out is that we're going to be seeing a new storyline that is maybe have some build up from what they've done before, but it's mostly going to be stuff that has no previous lore in Final Fantasy fourteen. Whereas everything from two point till six point is all Heidelin Zodiac storyline. Okay. That means a lot for the Final Fantasy fourteen players. I know. I'm. <laughs> All right. So that was the whole event. How long was this thing? It sounds like it was like two hours long. It, it was. A, it's a couple hours. Yeah. Okay. It it was basically um, a substitute for one of the fan fests because they had to cancel them all because of COVID. Right. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. And then they went into a live letter right afterwards. Well, is, is that all the Final Fantasy news we want to get into? So, yes. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm sure we'll get more new news as it comes about. But in slightly less exciting news, significantly so, um, Ye6 Mobile release gets a few more details. It's freemium. <laughs> for, for, freemium? Yeah, free to play with microtransactions. Eh. Oh, gross! What are they going to do? Charge you for I, teleporting? I I don't know. That sounds terrible. <laughs> this sounds like a bad idea. Somehow they took the most blogged game in the Yeast series and made it worse. There you go. There's a record. <laughs> so yeah, Good job. I don't even think we're getting this in the U.S. anyway. So, uh, you're yeah, a very limited chance. It's it's a third party developer that's doing it in Japan. So, Most so yeah. So there's that. Uh, Black Legend reveals classes and an alchemy system. This is a tactical RPG by developer Warcave. Uh, there's going to be 15 playable classes, including alchemist, buccaneer, commander. There's a Doppel lot soldier? Yeah, is that a typo? Doppel soldier? Like doppelganger? Yeah, it just it looks like it should be doppel soldier. I don't know. I, I can't tell if it's spelled weird or what. Anyway, dragoon, duelist, executioner, guard, inquisitor, landschnicht, marauder, mercenary, plague doctor, rogue, and sharpshooter. 
Um, you're also going to get an alchemy system inspired by historical processes, including the four stages of the magnum opus, which I guess is an old school alchemy game. This is a heavily a tactical RPG, heavily inspired by 17th century folklore and stories from Belgium and the Netherlands. So it's going to be quite interesting and development oh. for everywhere. Okay. A bit of edification, apparently. Doppelsoldner is like German word, and it kind of has to do with, uh, um, uh, you know, like guns for hire. So, I oh, know, I okay. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- looks weird, but probably should have a umlaut in there. That's probably yeah. why. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's going to be planned for launch in 2021 on pretty much all of the consoles. PC, um, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Nintendo Switch. So, so I, sort of. The art Everything style the is really meh for me, but I'm kind of thinking about picking this one up. Seems like it has a lot of depth, for sure. Um, Judgment is launching for new platforms in April. This is the uh, legal thriller and Yakuza spinoff, and it's going to release on Google Stadia, Xbox Series X, and a dedicated PlayStation 5 version on April 23rd, 2021. These versions are going to be priced at 40 bucks and include um, redefined visuals, uh, 60 FPS frame rate, and previously released DLC. So there's no upgrade to these ones, though, right? Yeah, there's no upgrade for if you own the PS4, you do not get the PS5 version automatically. Um, they're it's kind of like they're doing a game of the year sort of edition because they're tossing in the gotcha. DLC, and they are actually like going back and upgrading the uh, the visuals and the character models a little bit. So it's not strictly just a port per se. I get a feeling this is going to go on our Christmas list. <laughs> Um, Chris Tales is going to release in July. This is that time travel RPG that's been in development for forever. Um, it's set to launch on Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, Stadia, and PC via Steam, and GOG.com, and the Epic Games Store. It's <laughs> a lot of platforms. On everything. Uh, yeah, on everything. Um, love letter to classical RPGs of the years past. You know, so, I saw a trailer for that um, on YouTube um, in between calls at work, and it looks really pretty. It looks re- really cute. I I'm, I definitely think this is going to be a sleeper hit of, of the year. It, it's definitely one I want to try. There are so many people that are looking forward to this. Me included. Me too. Um, Adventure RPG Everhood is launching in March. This is a, by a two-man developer for Gnomes. And this game is going to launch on March 3rd. Available for PC via Steam at $9.99 and Nintendo Switch at $14.99. This, um, <laughs> to put it in a nutshell, this looks like an Undertale clone to me. Well, it has. Uh, this is one of the ones that has the uh, rhythm-based uh, music battles. Yeah. But the, the font and the character designs and stuff is like feels they probably use Game Maker. Um, looks very much like Undertale. Um, it, it is about a wooden doll named Red whose arm has been stolen by a blue gnome, and takes place in a realm called Ever, Everhood, where strange cre- creatures pass the time by racing go karts, taking on obstacle courses, playing and playing board games, and has music based battles that look very Guitar Hero.
The, the trailer certainly made it look interesting. Yeah, this yeah, it, is going to be too frenetic for me, I think. <laughs> I mean, I like the art style much more than I liked Undertale. But, yeah, I don't... That, this, this may be a game that I'm going to have to watch them play. Yeah, it, it's going to... I can see it now. It's going to get compared to Undertale a lot. Um, speaking of old school RPG, RPGs, Japanese indie RPG... Oh god, I can't pronounce that. I uh, yeah, crested you. Crested you yeah, to that, release internationally. <laughs> sure. Um, this was originally a PC game in 2021, and the Nintendo Switch version released in 2020. Um, it's available digitally for 6.99, and I don't even know what this game is. It looks. It- it's very weird. It's got like very flat sprites on like a 3D background that looks very, you know, like Minecraft-ish. But this mm-hmm. predates Minecraft, so yeah, it's yeah. very odd looking. I have never heard of this. No, game. never heard of it. Like if if it's some darling, it was on a it, it was a darling in a part of the internet that I didn't frequent. Yeah, but it's out on Switch now, so you can go check that out. Um. Talking about our pre-show conversation, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is to release in May. It's going to be on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X with targeted enhancements, and then also on PlayStation 4, Xbox, and Xbox One, and PC. It's got a trilogy package that's going to c- contain remastered versions of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, including most of the single-player story campaigns and DLC from all three games, and promotional weapons and armor packs. Um, the first game is getting additional changes for the Legendary Edition. Um... Yeah, they're doing most of the updates to the first game, which is not surprising since the first game was the most distinct of the <laughs> of yeah. the three. Um, yeah, so they're doing a lot of upgrades. To that they're upgrading the Mako. They're up. They're adding a lot to the environments that you can kind of wander around and explore in the first game. Mm-hmm. So it seems like most of the effort is going into that. Although there are a handful of the DLCs that didn't make it. There's a reason it's not called the complete edition. Um, their, what was it? It was Pinnacle Station that they just like lost the source code to because it was made by a third party. Which we were trying to remember before the show, like what the heck even was the Pinnacle Station? Well, wasn't Pinnacle remember. Station the one in the first game with the meteor crash? Maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> it, it was not memorable, obviously. Yeah, and I'm then, told that nobody played it. I played it. I know I did. I had all the DLC for the first one. I just don't do not remember that at all. So super memorable. Anna, um, Anna, you care about Mass Effect now more than you used to. I do. Yeah, because the president in twenty four plays Captain Anderson. Ooh, it's the Allstate Insurance guy. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh yeah. It had a good cast, and then um, um, and then the uh, oh, it looks like also... we're being correct. It looks like we're being corrected. Uh, apparently, the code wasn't lost; it got corrupted. Well, they lost the yeah, exactly. I mean, the 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 backups I mean, it's were still, corrupted. It's they still lost, lost the master. That it's the not backups are corrupted. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, they're also uh, pulling out the multiplayer from the third game. Which is uh, kind of a shame. I actually, I, that was one of those things when they announced when the third game was coming out, I thought I would hate. 
and I actually ended up kind of getting into and enjoying. But Anna, Anna was wrong. What? It's not the president from Twenty Four. That's a different guy, apparently. Ooh. That's Dennis Haysbert. Captain Isn't it Anderson, Keith David? Captain Anderson is played by Goliath. Yeah, Keith David. So you have a different reason to like him. <laughs> Wait, by Goliath. I mean, it's still good. I it's mean, still a great actor. I mean, I'll take Keith David over the Allstate guy any day. What's in but your that, hands? Uh, Keith David's got a sexy voice. True. So, so yeah, I, I imagine that there's nobody out there that's really going to miss the multiplayer. I'll miss it a little bit. It was pretty good. It was fun at the time. I enjoyed it. I, I thought I was going to hate it, but it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a I, little bit. So I assume they will rebalance the third because that was kind of part of the galactic readiness in the third game. That was one of the ways you got the galactic readiness up it, to whatever the, the whatever the the level was that you had to to get the good endings. They actually did that way back with the game itself, just because no one could do it without the online. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was always even at the very beginning. It was set up so that you didn't have to do it. You just then had to do every single side quest, basically, to kind of get the oh, galactic. Yeah, you had to up. do every single side quest correctly from Mass Effect One on. And uh, I don't. I think it was just in the third game. There, no, was it? Yeah, no. yeah, not you originally. Could, you, because uh, I had issues with it because I didn't have Mass Effect 1 because I was playing the PlayStation version originally. Yeah. And we didn't have Mass Effect 1. So you, if you were playing on the PlayStation, you could not get that without doing online because certain well, the choices. The PlayStation version had the, uh, the, the comic that recorded all of your, uh, all of your uh, the you know, choices for the first game. Yeah. But the comic m- missed a lot of the subtle. I, I went through and basically perfect ran everything to get all the maximum choices and even with the so the comic was missing some of the very minute detailed choices that actually mattered from mass effect one because they the, it mattered in regards to the point scaling but it didn't matter in regards to the story so um and it also didn't include the dlc like the meteor the meteor dropping one with the baterans so saving him like letting him go free, he's points, but because he wasn't in the comic, you miss those, you know, those um, point systems for three. So in order to actually maximize the points, you actually had to do like very specific things in all three games, and some of them were not in that comic. I, I know I I played it at launch, and I it was very upsetting, and I think that's why. They did make they made adjustments to like how many points were available, and I think that was part of the big push for why Mass Effect the first Mass Effect finally became available digitally originally for PlayStation Three was because of that issue. Well, they they just eventually released it because they you know it took them time to port that because it was not originally planned on uh, be you know it, that game was uh, partially owned by Microsoft, so that was the issue that i did not know that yeah they put money into that that was a microsoft game that game's on game pass because it's still a microsoft still has an interest in it um but yeah that, that, that people love it <laughs> yeah 
but yeah, that so yeah, no, the original the original like release release version of Mass Effect Three, it was nearly impossible for a Sony player to get that maximum contribution point system because of missing stuff from one. Um, even with that comic, which you know let you do the major stuff, but it le- wouldn't let you do the minor stuff, which actually you know could be you know a couple points here and there, but it all added up. I, I will be picking this up, but probably when it gets cheap in like a year. Oh, you know it'll drop in price. They always do. Oh, of course. Plus, I'm, I'll probably wait till I get a PS5 to pick it up to. That way I could play it without load times. I mean, it's not like you're worried about being spoiled on what happens to Shepard. <laughs> what? Something happens to Shepard? I'm... I mean, I think this time around I'll definitely go Renegade. What if I told you, Anna, it depends on which ending you get, and there's no satisfying conclusion after that, even if you get a different end? Anna, it's all mishandled. It's all mishandled. It's all all terrible. And the best ending that would have been awesome is, I guess, officially non-canon. They read... Oh, that was the ending that they rewrote. No... No, that's in all of the endings, more or less, and that's a whole other pile of rubbish. And Listen, there is a conspiracy theory ending for Mass Effect 3 that is amazing and would have been, like, freaking artistic and great writing, and it is totally not canon. I also think it's complete garbage just listening to it. I mean, it makes sense, but no, at the same it's time, not it's not garbage. garbage. It's amazing. It's like, oh. I think the writing for that conspiracy theory sucks. <laughs> I disagree. Look, and, you're al- and we're allowed to disagree with each other. It would have been, but it's better than what we got. That's for damn sure. All right. Space let's, kid. Let's space not argue. Well, let's not rehash the end of baby Mass. kid. Hey, let's not oh. rehash the ending of Mass Effect right. 3 again. Kelly, yeah, what's our like next the, news story? Oh, I care about. about this again 10 years later. It's all. Hey, that's it's that's like, what we get out of this legendary edition. All I care about. All I care about is that I'm going to bang somebody this time around that has, can, is, will actually take off their clothes. You can bang people. Wait, oh, all right, because you're not going to do tally. Wait a minute, isn't, isn't there like, wasn't there like a Fox News yes. segment about having yes. sex with blue aliens? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wait, wait I, have, I have some memory about controversy. About what if I told game. you that Jessica Chobot is on your ship in the third one? <laughs> she wait, is. The one that licks the beast? Yes. Beam? Okay. She's a news reporter. Awesome. Uh <sighs> Yeah, Are we done with Mass that, Effect? Kelly. Yes, please, move on. Steam Game Festival offers RPG demos. There's a bunch of them. Shores Unknown, Loop Hero, No Place for Bravery, The Last Spell, Almighty, Kill Your Gods, Black Book, Unsold, Pika Minosa, Gene Forge 1, Mutagen, and many, many more. You can watch the video of this on our site. There's also developer live streams. And also, the February 2021 edition of the Steam Game Festival is now open. Is this like digital Steamy 3? This is a thing? Yeah. And it happens in February? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they've been doing it every so often now, since COVID. They've been doing this every few months. Oh, okay. 
demo festival. It's not a yearly festival, it's quarterly. Something like that, yeah. And then... G-Cross Roguelite. Wow. Yeah. And then finally, to no one's surprise at all, Google Stadia shuts down the internal studios, changing business focus. This has been way overblown in the press, as far as I can tell. This is just... I think they saw how much how hard it is to make a triple A game and said, Oh wait, seriously? You you don't have anything out yet and it's gonna take this much more time and m- dollars? Nah, we're done with this. Which I don't know how they didn't know this, considering Phil Harrison was involved, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't wanna say even though we know they this probably is coming. Didn't know it because I don't Phil Harrison was involved. want to say that Stadia's dead. And that this news is the news that Stadia is dead. I think this is a separate announcement from Stadia as a service. Oh, it is. And I think it's and but people are treating it like it's. Yeah, told you we were right about Stadia all along. (laughs) I think everyone's point, and I think is accurate, is what exactly platform um, has like survived and been. been successful without some exclusive to drive people to pick that um, platform. um, The fan. The Atari VCS? <laughs> that, that, that's, the, that's the part. Like, if you're not making something to make people want to come... The Xbox One? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that is a point there, you know. Like, well, um, yeah. <laughs> Microsoft had kind of already been established for quite a while. It's GeForce a platform. <laughs> GeForce Now! Uh, that's actually, don't look at that one as a. That one's not doing great either. <laughs> ha- having a subscription to that, we don't need to go into that again. Uh, um, honestly, I, I don't necessarily think Stadia's dead yet, but I, I, I was listening to Riker, because um, I, I watch his new Riker. shows just in case something comes up that we need to discuss, and, this, and he discussed this, and. Um, it's definitely another nail in the coffin towards the Google graveyard. The Google graveyard. I mean, that's the thing. Everyone knew that Google would eventually lose interest in this and pull the plug at some point. And this is just the, the beginning part of that. I I don't think it's the beginning. I think it's just sort of the middle of the road. I mean, they're, they don't have, they don't have the numbers. I mean, they're, they're constantly losing numbers. Oh, the Google Graveyard is an actual site, Chris. Yeah, he's shown it on the stream before. Oh, okay, okay. I have? Yeah. (laughs) You have! Oh, I was on a Wikipedia article for this earlier. Killed by Google is a thing. Is there another one that's... Oh, yeah, G-Cemetery? So, which one one are we talking about? Killed by Google or G-Cemetery? Or is there an actual GoogleGraveyard.com? Well, oh, I didn't... I, I need like accurate the, site references, guys. Come on. Yeah, Apparently he, killed by Google, but it's called, Google. they call it the Google oh. Graveyard on their site. So, And then G-Cemetery. <laughs> this is great. Get notified every time Google kills a product. <laughs> 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 also, apparently I made someone's um, Google... Home device start listing cemeteries in their area. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> okay, the, YouTube for Nintendo 3DS. I can understand them killing that. This just keeps scrolling. 
spilled so many things. Is glass on there? Because oh, you clicked away. Is glass on there? Of course it is. Glass OS is on there. Um, Google Glass Explorer Edition is on there. Gla- yeah. And then there's this one. We got both. We got we got all the sites to search for, Kelly. Glass over here. We got I just remember glass. glass. Google Glass itself. Yep. I just remember Glass being the one that I was disappointed about. I, yeah, I do think that should come back. Um, I think the it was nice to have Google pushing through people's paranoia about people having cameras on them, which like is going to happen and is required for our cyberpunk future that I want to live in. So, you know, I guess maybe I'm alone on that one. <laughs> we need to get over people being scared of cameras. Yeah, always, even though they're probably no, rightly scared of camera. I, I, was, I was about to make a slightly political comment, and then I stopped myself. I, I've always said that if you're that scared of people getting your data, they probably already have your data anyway. Well, that's yeah, that's the thing. Like v, VPNs are like, oh, you know, use us, you know, privacy and whatnot. It's like, well, you have to sign up with your email. Your email is more than likely Google, Gmail at this point, or M, or MSN. So one of them have their, you know, have that information already. Oh, you're searching something through Google. Oh, it's still using a VPN, but oh, it still has to connect. I, I actually watched this whole video about it, and it's complete legit. Like, you know, your phone's Google. You know, if you're using Android, oh, Google has your information. I mean, your information Unless is already Unless you're in available. Australia. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's DuckDuckGo. There's Bing. <laughs> I know you don't want to accept it, but Bing's a thing. Anyways, and moving on. Fun- <laughs> Just no, I refuse I, to. I think we're ready for briefs. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot handle Bing. Briefs. <laughs> All right. What are That's the briefs? That's not a real thing, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I grow up, I want to invent search engines too. <laughs> I, I will respect your movie infinitely more if you have a character searching for something on Google and not Bing. Just saying. I want them using Edge and it defaults to Bing. And it's like, oh, <laughs> why didn't you do... Shut up. I don't care about that stuff. Alright, moving on to the news. Wizardry Gaiden Five Ordeals receiving new life in Japan. Uh, this is 2006's Wizardry Gaiden. I've never heard of this version of Wizardry. Um, it's coming to... Where is it? Oh, it's coming to Steam in Japan. So there's that, Wizardry fans. Um, Empire of Sin is getting an update. This is that one kind of gangster RPG that I think is on Switch. Oh, no, yeah, I'm sorry. This is a piece... the noir one. Yeah. Strategy RPG set in Chicago during the 1920 Prohibition area. Um, this update is going to change how safe houses are revealed. Uh Includes alterations to combat, AI, all that kind of stuff. So, for you Empire of Sin of players, there you go. Old school RuneScape releasing on Steam this month. Is this literally old school RuneScape? Yeah, it's like RuneScape 1.0. It's like WoW Classic. Okay. Yeah, they, okay, gotcha. Isn't it actually yeah, they, they got into a lot of trouble when they tried to take it down, and so they had to bring it back. Yeah, well, this is coming out on February. Yeah. They've been doing old school for a bit now. So I think February 24th, 2021. 
It's a snapshot of Jagex's original RuneScape MMO as of August 2007, though additional improvements and content have been released. My husband tells me a lot about the RuneScape days. It did not sound fun. I mean... (laughs) All I know about RuneScape is that 3.0 is terrible and everyone hates it, and that it's just an MMO that came out at the wrong time for me to ever get into, so... That's all I got. Sorry. Did did I get a crackle there? Just a little bit. Okay, I was drinking some water and it spilled on my mic and then crackled. <laughs> so, sorry. Mike, okay? I thought I broke I thought I broke my mic. No, you're fine. I mean, if you can hear if you can hear me, we can hear then you. it's you not broke. very clean. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I did just I did just wash my mouth out. All right, good. Um, Game Boy title Dragonborn releasing on Steam next month. This is an actual Game Boy title. Um, it had a limited physical release that can be pre-ordered from Spacebot Interactive's website for forty-two pounds or euros. I can't so tell. It's what's... One of those that was recently made for Game Boy, not one from like the you know. Early yeah. So this is a company yeah. that makes Game Boy style games and puts them on actual carts. Yeah, but the Steam version is releasing on February 12th, 2021. I think I also heard that from their site that you could pay money to just get a ROM file. But I imagine that the Steam version is going to be in its own player. You would think. Either that or just like a built-in emulator. I'm not sure. Anyway, game looks kind of interesting, even if the UI does kind of look very Pokemon-esque. Um, game is roughly six, seven hours with mini games, quests, puzzles, and so much more. Sounds interesting. Um, Gene Forge One Mutagen launching this month. This is Spiderweb Software's remake of the first title in the Gene Forge series, which launched in 1999 and uh, had a Kickstarter crowding, crowdfunding campaign last year. These people were indie before indies were a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, were there's they a very... Nindy before Nindy was a thing. Um, no? There's a very interesting uh, GDC talk with them or with the CEO of the company that kind of talks about, yeah, it's like each game makes just enough money for them to get by until they make the next game. Which is kind of interesting when you think about it. Anyway. Eldest Souls launching in quarter two, 2021, with more platforms yeah. announced. You may have heard of Dark Souls, or even Dank Souls, or even really decrepit souls, but we have the Eldest of Souls. Is it a, is it a Souls-like? Set in a world where humanity was imprisoned by old gods. All right, check. It, it doesn't re- <laughs> Pascal had an impression. All right, Pax double check. Yep. I, don't, uh-huh. I don't know what he said. That involves clicking a link. Fast-paced, tough as nails, Bosch Rush action RPG with a deep and customizable. Oh, this is the the this one's cartoony, though. So. Oh wow! Uh, but it does sound like a Souls yeah, board with that description. Yeah. Slightly well, cloudy. It, it souls. sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a combination between Elden Ring and Dark Souls. <laughs> I want to play Partly Cloudy Souls now. <laughs> Partly Cloudy Souls with the chance of roguelite. <laughs> Alright, sorry. What are we talking about? What's next? 
Uh, Ultimate add-on early access moves back. Sorry, I was trying to type something down, and then you distracted me. And now I can't remember what you said. Uh, partly cloudy souls with a chance of... Meatballs? Me- meatballs. <laughs> meatballs. Um, Assemble Entertainment and Team Adam have announced early access for the Ultimate Adam Caverns of Chaos will now be on February 18th. This is a roguelike dungeon crawler set in the world of An- Anka... Ankacardia. Or Ankardia. Okay. Sorry, I put an extra syllable there. Um, trouble starts stirring from deep below, and brave uh, have to explore labyrinthian dungeons underground. So, roguelike, for more or less. Yeah. yeah. Um, have to swap between, you can swap between a modern art style and classic ASCII presentation in this, but you have to wait to play it until February 18th. At least for early access. Um, we were talking Atelier earlier. The Mysteri- Mysterious Trilogy is um, getting a deluxe pack in April. Um, this It's going to be um, Al- Sophie, Alchemist of the Mysterious Book, Phyrus, Alchemist of the Mysterious Journey, and Lydie and Swilly, the Alchemist of the Mysterious Paintings. Um, then the deluxe pack is going to be for Switch, PS4, and PC. And I I don't know. I I think, yeah, I think Anna didn't like them, and I bounced on uh, Sophie. Not because I was bored, or rather not because it was bad, it's just because I started playing other stuff. Sophie was meh. Furious was the, oh, God, I made the mistake of buying that on Vita, and that thing was trash on Vita. (laughs) Lydia and Sewell was uh, meh. Meh. That whole series was a little meh. And you know that they're going to be charging $90 for that. Oh, of yes. course. Triple pack, probably. Um, anyway, Beyond Mankind, The Awakening is launching in May. This is a game inspired by Fallout, Stalker, and Metro 2033 Beyond Mankind. Um, you play it, you create a soldier for a military organization tasked with recovering following a nuclear winter, and it's got survival elements, including hunger and thirst management. Oh boy! Yay! And, and there's a demo available, and the demo is going to be part of game Steam Game Festival until February 9th, 2021. And the game's going to be launching in May, though for some reason we don't have a launch date in the... Wait, it has spaceships, too? I guess. Okay. Yeah, it just says May 2021. It looks budget. <laughs> I'll say that. <clears throat> budget fallout, yeah. It looked so not my style. No, I mean, if, if Outer Worlds was Dr. Thunder fallout, this is um, um, a club soda fallout. <laughs> <laughs> this is carbonated water Carbonated fallout. water, so yeah, we have fizzy water. There's just the soda water that comes out of the tap without the syrup. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, ooh yeah. Um, we've got Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteousness beta available. Okay, this, is this good? Is this a this is a follow up to Kingslayer, King whatever? Kingmaker, yeah, Kingmaker. it's a follow up to Kingmaker. It's got real time and turn based combat modes. Um, there was a or there's a def- time for all these. I I don't know. I so just, it's long. set in the Pathfinder universe. Okay. That's it. Um, it. The 
beta is going to contain the game's first four chapters with particip- with people on Twitch permitted to broadcast the first three chapters. So you can check that out. Fantasy Star Two Online is getting an or has an update that released. Um, the update adds new a new Scion class, Luster, as well as the level cap increased to 100, and the sixth chapter of the episode six story and other content. Hey, we're finally caught up then. I don't know. The Luster class caught uses up with Japan. Yeah, yeah. The Luster class uses gun blades. Okay. So that's. Do that. you want to get back into Fantasy Star Online too, Kelly? I know how much you liked it. Um. No. Do you have any? Do you have any paint that? You need drawing so that I can watch? That seems unfair. How could you say such a thing? Wait, I, I paint minis now, so I am literally watching paint drawing, <laughs> and that's more fun. No. I'm kidding, uh, by the way. I didn't yeah. hate it that much. You, you hated it pretty much. You did hate it that much. <laughs> you were very frustrated with it. You you were very angry. You you had a rage. Very angry. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I couldn't figure out how to drop stuff. It was. It, it's. It, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. It, it was not intuitive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very non-intuitive MMO. So bad, but yeah, never mind. Well, it's an MMO that's already what, like ten plus years old. Yeah. More. Mm-hmm. It was on the Vita for God's sake. Yep. I remember playing I, that at TGS. It's like when we get in the US, like nah, come on. I think I think part of the frustration was how much it took me to get me to even get the game running. That's right. And then yeah. it sucked. <laughs> I did all this work for this. By the way, it came yeah. out on Steam later and that's the way to do it now. <laughs> yeah. But she's yeah. already been burned. I know. Yeah. No, I'm I'm done. I'm done. Don't but worry, I'm not gonna be Star done. Star Online with... three is coming, so well, if we can start that one from the get-go and start, you, you know, not come in 10 game, years later. Then... It's going to be the same game. Uh, <laughs> darn. Anyway, a game that I am looking forward to, Bravely Default 2, in- introduced um, Holograd and New Asterix. Holograd is a leader of the nation, an advocate of military strength, and believes that peace can be attained by letting the strong rule. Oh. Um, he has... He has the Hellblade Asterix, which is basically Dark Knight, hold a cursed blade. And then other Asterix include, uh, sorry, I'm having to kind of go into the story to find the Asterix. Um, you get the Bastion Asterix, which is a tank that's more offensive and can generate a barrier for the party. Um, you've got the Phantom Asterix, which is a uh, dual-wielding short sword attacker with high evasion kind of sounds kind of like a ninja and then the arcanist asterisk which focuses on powerful area of effect magic and then square also talked about the combat system where powerful enemies will have counters and jammers and then you can also um do consecutive battles for more job points so looking forward to that launching on february 26th cannot wait to play bravely default 2 and then finally, Loop Hero is releasing in March. It's going to come out um, March 3rd. It's going to be available through Steam with a, uh, at $15 with a 15% discount until March 11th. And there's also a demo available to download. This is uh, 
I think it's a rogue, uh, roguelike. You use cards to um, place enemies in buildings, and you're trying to keep the hero alive, but um, power them up so that they can break a loop. You'd, you'd have to watch the video. Yeah, you're going to die it's, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But that is all of the news. Yay! We got through the news, everybody. <sighs> it all came out of nowhere. All right. Well, here's what's coming out this week. First off, on the Switch, we've got Hero U Rogue to Redemption, which um, Anna Marie was playing. She says a review's coming out this week. Was so this your embargoed s- game? Yeah, it was. But uh, I will say, she didn't get the best ending, and she didn't replay it to get a better ending. So I'm disappointed. But also... Should we be disappointed in the game? Um, I don't think so, but, like, this game's already out. You can see all reviews and stuff of it already. It's just on the Switch now. <laughs> it's a, it's an adventure game with stats and stuff, so, you know, if it sounds cool, then you'll probably like it. Um, a ground is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. I don't know what a ground is. That, I don't remember hearing about that one, but it's uh, A ground is what, what happens to Adol in all the Ease games. He uh, runs a ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, this looks like a um, a digging Minecrafty game, but 2D, but it could be action-y. I can't tell from the screenshots. Sorry about that if I don't know. So, Spelunky? Uh, no. Oh. Um, Undermine is coming to the Switch. That's a roguelike. Osteoblasts coming to PC. Dragonborn coming to PC. Healer's Quest coming to Switch. That's one where you're the healer and you have to take care of everybody because they're all terrible, stupid people. And you're the only one in the party who knows what they're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's so, a comedy one. Yep. Um, and then Wheel of Fate coming to PC. I'm, I'm going to have to check out Healer Quest for my wife then. Mm-hmm. I think she would enjoy that. Because my wife is the healer. Now, if you look up Wheel of Fate on Google, the first thing that comes up is a Commander um, expansion for Magic the Gathering from 2016. So I don't know what's going on with that. But Wheel of Fate... Oh, it's an old-school single-player fantasy RPG with a modern take on graphics. What? All right. Well, check it out. See if you're into it. Um, Art style looks like a budget Dungeon Defenders to me, but whatever. Uh, See if you're into it. And it looks like it's already out. Oh, it's early access, so it's coming out early access. Alright. And and not RPG releases, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury comes out on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, let's go. Meow. It, it, it's a yeah, Mario. It's a meow. Mario. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's what... Alright, what are you going to play this week, Kelly? Is that it, what you're going to play? I assume. Um, yeah, Friday I'm going to play Mario World. This week I'm going to play more East 9, and I'm going to attempt to finish Age of Calamity. Okay. Uh, Josh? I'm going to finish East 9. Alright. Uh, Robert? Um, well, definitely uh, more Suicoden 5 since, uh, for the uh, channel here. Um, and then depends on what I can just dig into. I just... The work's been a little busy lately. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as several months ago, though. Oh, that's good. That's a good thing. Yes, Are I, we making I do progress think the guy, somehow? <laughs> the guy, the guy who create who passed away, who created D 
the saliva test for COVID-19. So we're sending all the nursing home stuff out of state. Oh. So my blab doesn't have to do it. Oh, okay. Um, and then I'm going to be playing Atelier Ryza, trying to finish that. And then that leaves Anna Marie. What's Anna going to play? I assume it's Ease 9 on stream, which you can yeah. watch at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. And she's oh, been Anna playing... Oh, Anna left us. Yeah, she left us. What's the other thing she's playing? Um... No, she was talking about it before the show. Is she done with Giraffe and Annika already? No, she's not done with Giraffe and Annika. So maybe that's what it is. Play she's been so obsessed with DQ Tact and her diamond painting thing. So I don't know. I anticipate she's mostly just going to play some Ease 9 and the diamond painting, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be playing Ease 9 and painting more minis. I'm almost Anna, done with... What are you going to play? Undermine? What? That's not on the list. Okay, so she's playing Undermine, apparently. <laughs> I am almost done painting my Beholder. Ooh, Kelly's painting a Beholder, but she's painted like a Doom Demon. I love it. Kind of, sort of. I had to darken it a little bit because it was looking a little too pink. I think it's cool, though, because I looked at it and I said, is that a Doom Cacodemon? And you're like, no, no, it's Beholder. Like, oh, but I'm painting it like a Doom Cacodemon. So, like, oh, you're doing good, then. <laughs> yeah. Because I always thought that beholders were based on, or cacodemons were based off of beholders, but it's not. It's some other D and D monster with a psychoptic eye. Ah. Uh, oh well. Oh, all right then. I think that's that's it for a show. Yeah. All right. Well, if you'd like that's to, a wrap. If you'd like to leave feedback or follow the show, a couple ways to do that. RPGamer.com is where you can leave feedback in the show thread. You get subscription links there to your favorite podcast program of your choice. You can, of course, watch us live at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, right here on twitch.tv slash rpgamer. And um, we will be back next week with more RPG news. Oh, repeat of the question of the day. It is... Oh, we didn't write it down, did we? I I did. Um, What did your your parents think about your video game hobby? Unabashedly stealing that from Kotaku and Video Game Apocalypse. Yeah, I thought it was fireworks. a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> I like it. And by the way, three of us wrote down partly cloudy soul with the chance of roguelike. Yep. I, Let's wrap this show up and pick a title because that one apparently is in there. So Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Till then, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good one.